Do you feel like a complete and utter Muppet? I'm sitting around reading law books on the weekend going, oh god, this is interesting. <laughs> they've, they've amended section 127. This was supposed to send you off on a good note, not a <laughs> thinking about climate change. You're listening to The Briefcase. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of The Briefcase. It is Friday 23 September 2022. I'm Sarah and I am your host. So I feel like we're really getting to know each other and that makes me feel like I can gripe to you about something because I just need to get this off my chest. (laughs) Okay, here goes. So you know how sitcoms back in the 80s and 90s used to do those crap clip shows that basically just rehashed a bunch of stuff you'd already seen but shoehorned it awkwardly into a flimsy plot as a series of random flashback sequences because they were too tired or lazy to create something new? Yeah, I just really wanted to say that I hated those episodes. They were the worst. Anyway, unrelated to that, let's check out what's in the briefcase this week. Oh. It's a clip show. Why am I doing this? Well, if you listened to the show last week or you follow me on LinkedIn, you will know it was my birthday. And everyone deserves a day off on their birthday, plus I'm tired. And also, I hated the idea of these previously unheard gems being left on the cutting room floor. So sit back, relax, and enjoy way too many flashback harp sound effects I found on the internet as we embark on a special episode I'm calling In Case You Missed It, colon, The Briefcase Outtake and Recap Spectacular. Way back in episode one, I was joined by Craig Nickel and Karen Gaston for family and succession updates respectively. Let me quiz you on this one. What is the name of the family law case we chatted about in episode one with the initials P and K? And why do I suddenly feel compelled to sing a 1990s chewing gum jingle? I'll tell you right after this outtake with Karen Gaston, who you may not know was a journalist before she answered the siren's call of law. Here, Karen finally gets some value out of that media degree by explaining to me what a noddy is. The noddy? The noddy, what's that? A noddy is when you see the cameraman change the angle and focus yes. on the Jano and go, uh-huh. Yes, I've noticed a that. A noddy. Oh, I see. <laughs> I'm giving you all the terminology. I, but I, have, I have noticed that and I have thought to myself, the camera wasn't on the Jano when that interview was happening. This is, this is after magic. And I'm going to seem like such a pro when I do this in future interviews. It's all because of you. Glad Um, to hear that uh, second degree of mine wasn't wasted. Well, there you go. A noddy, a legitimate journalistic term. And not just those camp 1970s stop animation reruns you watched as a kid despite them really creeping you out. Okay, so what was the family law case? It was, of course, the parenting case of Palange and Calhoun, a Division Two decision of the FCFCOA. And it was interesting because it didn't approach the dispute over whether a 10-year-old child should be vaccinated against COVID through the usual rubric of parental responsibility, but rather on the evidence that was presented to the court. And if you took nothing else from that update, I'm hoping it was at least that the word rubric means an established mode or conduct and not as I thought at the time, the colourful puzzle cube. Your 
In episode 2, I fought my urge to steal the essence of the young and luminous Ruthie Jean Array, and also Nick Daw was there. What was the name of the Victorian case Ruthie spoke about, and why might it become particularly relevant to grey nomads in Queensland come 1 January 2023? I'll tell you, right after this outtake with the inimitable Nick Daw, who put his career at stake by answering one of my more troubling would-you-rather questions. Would you rather have the ability to see 10 minutes into the future or 150 years into the future? 150 years in the future. Why is that? So then I could put bets on every horse race. In the future? 150 years? Oh, so, so hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So do you know what's going on? So not everything that goes on in the next 150 years? No, you, you can see... The point in time that your vision starts is 150 years in the future. No, 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 10 minutes. 10, then you can put your bets on. Then I can put bets on. Yeah. That's 100% it. Back to the Future too. That's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a, Biff, whatever his name is, that's who makes all his money by going back in the future, get the almanacs and coming back and putting bets on. So oh I, so, yeah, so I would run down if I had 10 minutes. Mm. I'd go 10 minutes in the future, down the um, Kino. Yes. Work out what the numbers are, come back, put the numbers on. Honestly, if, if science can contribute anything, mm. I'd kick some of science. <laughs> I'd, take, I'd make a donation to the fu- to the future fund. To the future fund. Future research fund. We'll yeah. get them to stop doing it so they can't, buddy. Yeah, so yeah. that no one else can yeah. get rich. That's right. Because I think Kino is a game every three minutes, so you could potentially get at least three games on with three jackpots. So it'd be cool, Mill, for I, I, I feel I feel a sense of urgency of needing to like yeah. do this, but it's physically impossible. I know that. Yeah, but you see, I've planned the seed now, haven't I? Yes. Yeah, so you're gonna be walking around for the rest of the day, going, a, why aren't there travel ladders all along the street so I don't have to walk? And b, why don't I have a machine that allows me to get ten minutes in the future so I can win the keynote? But we're one step closer to hoverboards because there's the scooters everywhere. Exactly. Okay, in answer to the pop quiz, the name of the case Ruthie spoke about was, of course, NTJ and NTJ Human Rights, a decision of the Victorian Civil and Administrative Tribunal, which asked the question, is a grey nomad an ordinary resident for the purposes of accessing VAD if they are actually in perpetual motion caravanning all around Australia? The answer in that case was yes for a number of reasons, including the fact that the retiree caravan lifestyle of travelling from one big fruit or vegetable vegetable to another is actually very common in Australia and the case is relevant to Queenslanders come 1 January because Queensland's VAT Act includes the same requirement of ordinary residents, although here we will satisfy that requirement if we can at least establish a substantial connection to Queensland. So get in loser because we're going to the big peanut. What is the name of the personal injuries case Steve Hurd said I would quote really like unquote in episode three why did that offend me and why will i never look at daydream island the same way again i'll tell you why but only after you thoroughly enjoy this outtake with the gregarious frank higginson strata expert and management rights guru when i asked him how the bloody hell did he become a strata expert and management rights guru so what what drew you to strata uh Fell into it. Yeah. You know, the same as I fell into law. Yeah, how'd you, know? you fall into law? Uh, um, <laughs> I forgot to put in my QTAC preferences. 
And uh, my housemaster chased me up and said, you've got to put in your QTAC preferences. And I rang my mum from the public phone at school oh, yes. and said, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> and so on the phone, we went through six things and I had journalism first and law second. And, and um, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry you ended up in law. Yeah. yeah. And then Strata's the same thing. I just sort of got a job at a firm that did a bit of this stuff and then applied to... Uh, went overseas, came back, and I saw an ad in the paper. No, no, again, this is the late 90s. There's oh, no, yes. There's no emails and interwebs and stuff. No, no. Um, <laughs> ad in the paper, you know, lawyer required, some strata experience. We go, oh, that's me. Yeah. And here I am. Oh, my goodness. But it seems to be treating you well. Yeah, it's okay. And I can see a, a bit of a, a sparkle in your eyes yeah. still when you're, when you're talking about the yeah. cases. So it must be, and when, when you talk about it, really, it's a human side of it. That's interesting. Well, and behind that, there's a body corporate that's obviously got someone that's probably wound up enough to commence a proceeding. Yes. You've got you've got a manager who was a developer that sold it and someone else has bought it. So there's all these, there's absolutely a commercial element to it, but at the core of it still, there's a relationship breakdown because but for something going wrong, mm. no one would have brought it on. Is it not the case that, I know this is, this is getting philosophical, but is it not the case that lawyers are just dispute resolution practitioners? Yeah, other than transactional stuff, I reckon like, yeah. we're, we're certainly... Um, At the core of what actually gets people excited about being a lawyer, it is these these disputes. Unless you're a psychopathic litigator and you want to go to court. Yes. I'm not dispute resolving, I am dispute finishing. That's yeah. Right. yeah, I'm finishing you. Okay, so pop quiz answer time. And I should check at this point whether you have actually been paying attention to the questions or are you just kicking back and waiting for the answers because that's like totally cheating. And I just want to remind you that there's no teach in cheating. Anyway, the case Steve Hurd said I would like was, of course, the unforgettable Court of Appeal case of Shockman and CCIG Investments. The case examined whether an employer could be held vicariously liable for the injuries that resulted from one employee peeing into the mouth of another employee. And why won't I look at Daydream Island the same way again? Well, because now when you type the words Daydream Island into Google, one of the first results is a Courier Mail article with the title, Resort Owners Take Tropical Island Pee Payout to High Court. So it seems there is a wee bit more to flush out of this particular urinalysis. Episode 4 was an unforgettable journey into the mind and our boots of Brian Hurd, who gave us an elder law update to remember. Pop quiz! What piece of legislation did Brian take us to? And why do I suddenly feel like explaining the difference between an acronym and an initialism? I'll reveal all after this previously unheard snippet of my conversation with Brian, who gave a particularly modest response to yet another, Would you rather? Would you rather have universal power or universal respect? Respect. And why is that? Uh, legacy. I would like to die having left a legacy. And not just in that confined, strict family sense, mm. but in having left some memory of what I did or didn't do when I was alive that benefited other people. Because mm. it, it sounds cliched, doesn't it? But in the end, it makes you feel good. I remember standing up on stage at the Brisbane City Hall some years ago now, when a few of us were receiving our 25-year medallion mm. for being volunteers at the Caxton Legal Centre. Mm. And I can't tell you how 
tickled pink I was to stand there in front of this really big audience, mm. hobnobbing with all these sorts of bright lights and wannabes. And <laughs> they, Just that one I tell you, I started a presentation recently. I said, uh, distinguished guests, undistinguished guests, <laughs> aspirational distinguished guests. <laughs> and I went on and on and on and on and on. You either got them or you lost them. Exactly. And you got us, Brian. Yeah. You got us. <laughs> in answer to our quiz, we dove into the doorstopper legislation that is the Aged Care Act 1997 and encountered apoplectic blended families, a current affair exposés and RADS, which is why it's time to learn the difference between an acronym and an initialism. Acronyms are abbreviations of a phrase, usually made up of the first letter of each word in the phrase, that are pronounceable as a word. For example, refundable accommodation deposit results in RAD. Other examples include LOL, NASA and IKEA. Initialisms are abbreviations that are not pronounceable as a word. For example, USQ, QUT, UQ and FU. So now you know. Well, that's all we've got time for this week on our special episode of the Briefcase Recap and Outtake Spectacular. Looks like I'll need to do another one of these eventually, unless you really didn't like it, in which case I'll just bin the rest of those outtakes. That's totally cool. I also wanted to give a really quick shout out to the awesome Ange Fort for leaving a really cool review of our spunky little podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Ange Fort. And to everybody who has rated, you are all equal balls. I'll be back with your regularly scheduled programming next week. It's time to close her up. See you next time. I'm Sarah Kral and this is The Briefcase. Briefcase.